As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in on this glorious Chicago winter day. I don't know about you, Johns, but I have had enough. (laughs) Mother Nature has officially knocked you out, kicked your butt. I I made it longer than I thought I would. I think people who've listened to this podcast long enough have heard me complain about winter long enough to the point where they're probably like, uh, why the hell do you still live where you live? It's a great question I ask myself every single day uh, this time of year. But I was especially dreading it this year with the pandemic and really just, you know, not being... Let's be honest. What gets us through the winter is uh, going to, like, you know, the glorious places in Edison Park and, you know, finding our way through it. We can't do that this year, Johns. No, no. I had a moment yesterday. So I opened my garage and snow falls into the garage because it's the drift has, you know, gone up against the garage door. So snow I'm falls into the garage. For my, I'm waiting for my roof to just to collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually used this contraption, this shovel contraption that pulled down snow from my roof. Nice. It's a two-story house. So that was an experience. But the moment where I almost broke, because I'm not broken yet. But my garage door then wouldn't shut, and I am reshoveling snow out of my garage and trying to get it out of the, you know what I'm talking about, where that helps the garage door shut. I can't talk anymore, but it wouldn't shut. So reshoveling the snow out of the garage, that fell, the snow that fell into my garage, forced Adam Johns here to throw his shovel into a pile of snow as he got down in hand and knees and dug it out himself with his hands. Like a man. Like a man. Like a man. Okay. But then, you know, on the fourth try, the, the garage door shut, and we're all happy now. Yeah, well, uh, hope wherever you're listening, things are better 
Uh, our producer Kent lives in Texas, where it's That's Armageddon. That's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's Armageddon there. I mean, I've seen stuff. Yes, I think like California, like Southern California, has snow in areas like not in the mountains or at least it's in the 40s. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. If this is uh, the, the world we live in today. Uh, anyway, I hope everyone's safe and getting through this. And, uh, you know, with, on top of all the other nonsense going on, e-learning. and I hope everybody's also realizing countrywide that dibs is a real rule. <laughs> yeah. It applies in all states, not just Chicago. You dig out that parking spot in front of your house. That is your spot. You put in the work. You put whatever whatever you want there. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore in my suburban life. But uh, as a, as somebody who grew up in the great city of Chicago, I am a firm believer in that. Dibs matter. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we have some Bears things we need to discuss, but we also have the exciting and long-awaited development that this podcast has t-shirts for sale, ready to order right now. Technically pre-order, but they're going to come pretty quick for you. As we have partnered, very excited about this, have partnered with Obvious Shirts, a great t-shirt company based out of Chicago uh, that does basically what the name suggests, puts obvious things on shirts. A lot of people have been telling us for a long time, John, that it's an obvious thing to take our logo and our podcast, and put them on t-shirts, and people will buy them. And uh, that is apparently what we're doing here. I'm very excited about it. Yes. Thank you for all your help over the years, by the way, <laughs> in getting this done. I know you put like years and years and years of work into this to finally See, get to this moment. This was just all part of the master plan. You put it <laughs> off long enough to the point where your podcast partner grows so frustrated that he takes <laughs> vacation days vacation days to plan such a thing. True story. This happened. That is a completely true story. All part of my master plan. Put it off long enough. Procrastinate long enough. Frustrate the hell out of your podcast partner, and they'll eventually do it for you. Buy our shirts. I think it was like day day three of quote-unquote vacation last week where my wife finally said to me, like, what are you doing? You have not taken one. You've working more. On vacation, and uh, let's be, this is not vacation. If this was vacation, I would be on a beach somewhere. Yeah. With a beverage. Lots of beverages. Lots of sand. Lots of water floating on the water. That's where I would be, and that's just not in the, the plans for 2021 right now. I can't believe we're almost a year into this thing. With the pandemic? Yeah. March it's is nuts. the uh, anniversary, I guess. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Uh, anyway, the t-shirts are a go. Uh, put them on social media last night so you can follow us on Twitter. Find those at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, it's up there at Obvious Shirts. You can check the, the you should check them out, actually. Uh, and a cool thing we're doing, we're going to have chair different charities involved in this. More details on that to come. To start, you've heard me talk about the 22Q Family Foundation before. 22Q is what my son was born with. Good chance you're hearing that. You don't know what that is. A lot of people don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was until my son was born with it. That's kind of part of the problem. It's actually relatively common. Not a lot of people know about it, and that's why it goes undiagnosed. So encourage you to check out the 22Q Family Foundation. Let's find them on Twitter at 22QFamily, uh, 22QFamilyFoundation.com. A lot of information there. And 
a portion of the proceeds for the rest of this month as we launch these t-shirts with obvious shirts, a portion of the proceeds will go to the 22Q Family Foundation. So you can go to obviousshirts.com and you'll see a big Hogan Johns logo on there. You can click there. Uh, the link's also on our Twitter. We put the shirts on Twitter, Instagram, all those places. So you should be able to find them available for pre-order right now. And boy, I got like I don't know about you, Johns. I I don't know where my expectations were or what I thought these would look like, but just like absolute fire. The designs are outstanding. Blown away. I was immensely impressed by the the quick turnaround. We put the shirts out on Twitter last night. That would be I'm losing track. What day is today? Tuesday. So that would be Monday night. And it feels like Friday. I swear to God, it's Friday. Yeah, I'm losing track. I'm losing track. <laughs> this this week. Snow. <laughs> today is it's Tuesday, I believe. Um, we, we put them out last night, and we had a request for the a different shirt with the, the Hogan Johns logo kind of enlarged on the front of the shirt and instantly created, instantly on the website. Uh, check it out. I, I think it's a sharp look. Yeah, our guy Joe from Obvious Shirts. Uh, we, we got plenty of good ideas. I like that. Someone said that we need a hashtag bear special team shirt. Absolutely. I'll mm-hmm. have to rock. rock. There, there's some will obviously will will be dropping some more as time goes on and as we get in the football season. Uh, but there are some good options out there right now, including some of our – we had to put one out for like our – Long-time podcast listeners, some we don't play this a lot anymore, so some people might not even remember it. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. HJQ, Harold Jones Cordy. That was like this podcast motto for a long time in our opens and things like that. So That dude not- started a lot of football games for the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Way too, way too many, if we're being honest. Uh, anyway, that's a t-shirt. And then I like the uh, I th- collaborating since 2015 shirt. Yes, a recent reference. I'm sure we'll get an ebbs and flows one out there. The plan is to rotate the charities here for a, a bit. So, yeah, just stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, and three different colors available. Blue, gray, orange. I like the gray. I'm, I like actually I like all of them. I like the I like some of the gray. I like the the orange. I'm going to rock in the summer for sure. So anyway, those shirts are up. We appreciate your support, and uh, you know, staying on us, mainly Johns for years for getting this done. <laughs> and again, we thank Johns. I for, promised uh, it everybody it would get done in 2021. I made good on your my pro- promise. Yes, you. Uh, I don't know if you made good on your promise, but your promise was. Delivered. Kept. Yes, yes. And kept, yes. We kept it. Yes, we kept it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and by the way, I should say, these are legit t-shirts. You know, a lot of times you get some t-shirts and they're crap. One thing I love about, the one thing I love about obvious shirts, they're $29.99, but free shipping, the shirts are pre-shrunk and they're high quality. So it's not like you buy the shirt, you wash it one time, and you're like, crap, this doesn't fit me anymore. I can't wear this anymore. The logo's peeling off. This is a legit product. I will 100% stand by. So you're getting some high-quality shirts, too, at the same time. So I promise you it's worth the money, especially when you you know, you know throw in the charity aspect of it, supporting 22Q Family. So anyway, enough about the T-shirts. It was a big development, though, for this pod. So we had to start with that. Long overdue. I, I agree. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wish everybody could see your face. <laughs> yes, I know. Hey, that's another thing. We're going to have to do more stuff on YouTube now because we're going to have to wear these shirts. Yes. Like, I have to. I want to wear these shirts. We're going to make sure people see them. And, uh, yeah, we have such a sweet logo. Putting those on the shirts, it's a cool thing. We're going to do more, too, in the future. So this is just the start. Also the start for Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai, who met with the media yesterday. Feels like three days ago at this point, but it was yesterday. It was Monday, and uh, we had a chance to, of course, we've talked to Sean Desai a bunch of times in the past. He's been on staff for a long time, but first time as the new defensive coordinator. What were your takeaways? A lot of Vic Fangio talk. I wasn't surprised by that. Uh, he did pay, it's called paying respect to Mel Tucker and, and Chuck Pagano. He actually gave them credit for certain things he's going to continue to do himself as defensive coordinator, things he learned. Um, but the, the Vic Fangio influence is significant. I think it starts and ends there with Sean Desai. And I think that kind of bode, that should bode well for what the Bears want to do defensively. It, I, I get that. A lot of the same players are coming back. I get there that there are signs of regression, but I think some schematic changes can help sort some of that out. Yeah, so first of all, I thought it was interesting that he more or less leaned into the Vic Fangio stuff. Like, I didn't know if that was going to be something they sort of talked down. Now, he did make it clear this is going to be Sean Desai's defense, and he's going to put his own I spin like on that call. That was good, yeah. 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 But... He also was not, he did not shy away from talking about Vic Fangio's influence on him or the influence that it's going to have on this defense coming up here this season. But bringing up Mel Tucker, what was it? He said that uh, Mel Tucker's organizational skills, the planning, planning, uh, and then Chuck Bongano's communication skills, yes, relationship building, which are all things that people respected uh, with Pagano. But then when it came to the scheme, that's the Fangio aspect. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get how you can maybe roll your eyes at what he said about Mel Tucker because that was the worst defense in, in Bears history. But Mel Tucker probably had to work his ass off. <laughs> did, did he not to make that oh, try to work? And, and, and if you've just followed Mel Tucker's career, like, he's a head coach at Michigan State right now. You don't just become head coach at Michigan State if you're a terrible coach. I mean, looking back on that... Very little of that, I think, was on Mel Tucker. Some of it, of course, was. Remember Tim Jennings infamously calling it a vanilla defense? (laughs) But they were losing. That was the end of a window, and that window was shutting very fast, especially when you throw in the personnel decisions that were being made. Adam, that door was slammed shut and locked. You know, that, that, that cover two was done. You put it, yeah, and you put it in your story on the athletic that, uh, that you wrote off of yesterday. The uh, and I had actually forgotten about it. How blunt Vic Fangio was <laughs> talking about the talents he inherited in 2015 when he became the defensive coordinator, uh, basically saying they had to start from scratch because there yeah. was nothing left in the cupboard. The the exact quote here, I just pulled it up. Uh, I'll just read the last two sentences. So they weren't built for anything. We had to start at ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's like that's gotta be top three things Vic Fangio said in his time in Chicago. The defense he inherited wasn't built for anything. Oh, we had to start. Sorry, at you can continue. Zero. I just <laughs> No, no, but but looking back at it, he had such a a dry way of 
off-putting things, but man, could he pack a punch in his his words, Vic Fangio? I'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. So that also stood out to me, though, in, in my takeaways column uh, on the Athletic. Please check it out. That Sean Desai, yes, he started with Mel Tucker, but the the transformation of this defense. Forget the schematics a bit. The the personnel changes. The type of players they targeted. People forget the first year of Vic Fangio, the starting middle linebackers were Christian Jones and Shane McClellan. Yeah. Now you got Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith. Cleo Mack wasn't here. You had Jared Allen. He was traded. Let's not forget that story. Tracy Porter was one of the best players in your defense. Adrian Amos was an emerging rookie starter. So many changes on that defense, personnel-wise. So, I guess the the question that our listeners and Bears fans in general probably have, the key question is, okay, so what's going to be different between what we just saw with Pagano? Because the reality is, like, they've been running this defense. But I think the big difference is... Not that it was forced on Pagano. We talked when Pagano was hired about the overlaps with Fangio in his career, but like it's not like Pagano was running this same defense when he was in Indianapolis. So I don't know that the coordinator was totally invested in what he was running, if that makes sense. Like just it just wasn't quite clicking. So I think one of the differences you're gonna see, and I, I tend to look a lot at what like Brandon Staley did in LA this past year because he's coming out of he's like a Vic Fangio disciple coming off that coaching tree running his own thing in LA this year that's essentially what Sean Desai is going to be doing for the Bears and I think there's some similarities in talent slightly different positions but like Staley has Aaron Donald Desai has Khalil Mack now they don't play the same exact position but you're getting that elite player up front and so I think what's a couple things that and, – and this is mainly me just doing research and then sort of guessing based on what I saw Brandon Staley do this year but compared to what the Bears were doing. I just keep going back to those Packer games and how predictable the coverages are. And when you look at Fangio's defense, like the principles actually are not all that different from what Lovey Smith was doing with Tampa 2 in the idea that you're trying to create pressure up front without blitzing a whole lot. You'd love to get home with four and then cover a lot of ground on the back end and prevent explosive plays. The difference is Fangio's scheme is coming out of a 3-4 instead of that 4-3. And it's not, I hate to use the word vanilla, but it's it's not as vanilla because you're mixing up more coverages on the back end. And I think a big key is, is all these offenses are trying to expose defenses pre-snap and give the quarterback answers before the ball's even snapped, the great thing about Fangio's scheme is that when you can cover all that ground and mix coverages on the back end, like roll out of a lot of it's going to be a uh, look like too high safety to begin with. Then you can roll into a single high. Or, that's just one example. But what you're doing is you're forcing the quarterback then to make his decision after the ball's already in his hand. So post snap. And that creates, when you hear Sean decide talk about they have the answers, and we're going to hear from Sean here in a second, that's kind of what he's talking about. And so I just think that the Bears, last season specifically in the second half of the season, became way too predictable from a coverage standpoint, Johns. And I think one major change is you're going to see the mix 
coverages and disguise coverages more with Sean Desai. I just think that that's, especially with his background coming out of a secondary coach. Now, I think that's going to be something you're going to see. I think maybe the simplest way to explain this in terms of what you're going to see is the the placement of the safeties. Like you look at Eddie Jackson's seasons and what he's doing. And, and I know if you go back to 2019, he was in the box more while Ha-ha, Clint Dix handled the, the single high roles a bit more. Um, you want them a bit more intercha- interchangeable. Um, who was the, the Rams cornerback that, that we interviewed on, on uh, Hogan Johns? Troy Hill? Troy Hill, yes. I don't know why I was blanking his name. Like, Go back and listen to, to that and, and just how he tried to explain the coverages and what they tried to do. To Constantly disguising Opposing them. quarterbacks. Yes, yeah, staying hidden. Staying hidden long enough. Not tipping your hand. Staying in those double high looks as long as you can because that tells you they're trying to limit big plays, but you're not always going to do that. You're, you're going to be a little bit more creative. Um, one thing that always stood, about, stood out to me about Vic Fangio's defense going back, God, that was two, two, three years ago, is that there was always like four guys coming. He didn't blitz much, but you never knew who the, who the fourth guy was, right? You never knew where he was coming. Yep. And I think you you saw Chuck Pagano's like you just knew it. You you knew what was was coming to to you. You knew you were going to drop Robert Quinn in the coverage, even though he did. But you were going to do that a lot because that's a liability out there. Now, when I brought up personnel decisions to to Sean Desai, I, I did have Robert Quinn and Leonard Floyd in mind. I, I see Robert Quinn as a decision made by Chuck Pagano. And Ted Monachino, now they're obviously not here. I think Sean Desai is going to want a little bit more versatility out of his edge rushers. He has some of that in Cleo Mack, but again, Cleo Mack isn't made, paid to, to drop in coverage. So we'll see how it plays out, but that's the best way I, I can explain it is, is look at the safeties and look at how those pass rushers are used because I think you'll see a lot of similarities with what happened in 2018, 2017, and whatnot. Yeah, and if and if... More disguises in coverage. And by the way, I wrote about this on him. So you should check out what Johns wrote on The Athletic and uh, at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. My piece on yet from yesterday is uh, on NBCSportsChicago.com and you know dives into the nuances of Fangio's scheme and how it applies to what the Bears had been doing, maybe didn't do so much the last two years, and what Desai might do different. So if there's more disi- disguises and coverages... Uh, I also think he's going to adapt to his personnel better, which is something that Fangio always did. So, like, not asking Robert Quinn to drop in the coverage might be one example. Or, if you have to do it, not doing it as much as the Bears did. Same thing with Khalil Mack. One thing Brandon Staley did with Jalen Ramsey in 2020 was he took him from, like, that lockdown number one corner. The problem with that is quarterbacks will just avoid you, right? They'll just say, like, all right, we're just going to avoid Jalen Ramsey's side of the field. Now, that's still a plus for your defense, but somebody that talented, you still want to get him around the ball. So he created, Brandon Staley basically made Jalen Ramsey into the star position and moved him around the defense. Sometimes played nickel, sometimes played outside, sometimes had him, like, near the line of scrimmage. What that did was it brought him closer to the football and it made it pretty impossible for offenses to avoid him entirely. So you got a piece like that, maximize, get creative, 
And I think that's one thing if you look at Fangio's history, we heard Sean Desai talk about how this defense has withstood the test of time. Whereas like I think you look at the, the Tampa 2 and as quarterbacks got better, they were able to expose the weaknesses within the Tampa 2, which are kind of deep outs. There are holes in there. And Fangio's constantly changing and adapting to his personnel. Like What he's doing in Denver is different than what he was doing with the Bears. The point is like the main... The basis of the defense, the philosophy is going to be mostly the same, but I think you're going to see more variation in the nuances of the defense to maximize the talent the Bears have. Well, it's a chess match, right? How many number one wide receivers do you see line up in the slot nowadays? We see it all the time here. Allen Robinson does it. Devontae Adams does it all the time in Green Bay. So in terms of having answers, Brandon Staley developed one in Jalen Ramsey saying, we're going to move you around. I don't mind if you're in the slot. I don't mind if you go follow Devontae Adams wherever he goes. Let's play chess. Yeah. Let me read you what, what Troy Hill said, just to, to re- reiterate our point. This is from Rams cornerback Troy Hill, who played under Brandon Staley, who, of course, learned from Vic Fangio. And by the course, way, is a free agent. Yes. Who, of course, is Vic Fangio is Sean Desai's mentor. In our defense, we didn't really give the quarterback that pre-snap. We had our pre-snap disguises working for us. We never really showed them too much. They had to do all their thinking once the ball is snapped, so that made it more difficult for them to process what we're in, so they don't know exactly where to go with the ball right now type of thing. Coverage and rush, in a sense, working together, right? Well, that pre-snap chess match is so huge right now. Like, this is what, when you look at the Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay offenses, they're all kind of the same family, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay, is why there's so much motion. And so, like, here's a specific example. And I know a lot of our listeners understand this, but I think a lot of our listeners maybe don't. By moving somebody across the formation before the snap, using that, that motion, this is pretty simple stuff that goes a long way. Sometimes football is pretty simple, actually. Guy moves across the formation. Well, the defender goes with them. It's a pretty good indicator. It's man-to-man defense, right? If they bump across, so they shift responsibilities instead of one defender going across the formation with the guy in motion, they just kind of shift over one by one, change the guy who's covering them. Good indication you're in zone. So just to give you one example of what Brandon Staley did a lot with Jalen Ramsey, he would have Jalen Ramsey in a one-on-one where, okay, that guy goes in motion, he goes across the formation. Looks like the Rams are in man. In reality, Jalen Ramsey was the only one in man. The rest of the defense was sitting in a zone. So that goes to the creativity. That can create some confusion. Now, I'm not... This isn't to say there aren't weaknesses. Like, a lot of this scheme has lighter boxes. And so... Let's point out, for instance, that the Rams lost twice to the 49ers this year. The 49ers are not really good, but you know what the 49ers were good at still, even with their quarterback problems in 2020, is they could run the football. They had a pretty good offensive line, and they would get after you. So you go light boxes, they could grind you out and run the run the ball, and they found a way to beat the Rams twice. But you can get a lot of short runs, and over time that – that might wear you down and add up, but 
you hear offensive coaches all the time these days talk about the need to get explosive plays, and that's what Fangio's defense does best. It limits those explosive plays. Always has. Always has. That was a staple of his defense here when he had guys like Shane McClellan, Tracy Porter, Willie Young, right? He was on that defense. Who, who else am I missing? Like, just different guys than the Bears currently have here. And I, a lot of this does come down to personnel and putting these guys in the best positions possible. I think you heard Sean Desai stress that a couple times over his 24 minutes with us on Zoom. We're going to play a little bit of it here shortly. Um, Brandon Staley obviously had a lot at his disposal in L.A. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are superstars. But for all the regression that the Bears' defense had maybe the past couple seasons, I I would still say they got some pretty darn good players too, Adam. Yeah. Eddie Jackson can still play. Roquan Smith's on the rise. Khalil Mack might have two more good years in him. Akeem Hicks was still pretty darn powerful last year. Eddie Goldman's coming back. Bilal Nichols had a career year last year. Jalen Johnson, he'll be better in his second year. So Sean Desai's got some good chess pieces as well, I would say. That's why I, I agree with him when he says this is a, a, a tune-up and not a major makeover. I, 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 I've heard, seen some other things like, oh, no, this is a much bigger problem. Uh, yes, the, the roster is getting a little bit old on that side, but it's only in a few places. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. Kyle Fuller's career has confused me. (laughs) Because, partially because, remember, he wasn't that good early. Then they give him the transition tag. He figures all out. Fangio had a lot to do with that. Ed Donatel had a lot to do with that. But the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of his college tape was moving him around, sort of like how I was just talking about Jalen Ramsey. They play him like as a linebacker sometimes. Oh, Vatek, Virginia Tech, yeah, yeah. Like they'd bring him in the, into the box, and and a lot of a lot of the things you still see today is tackling ability, and it'll hit you hard. Those are things that showed up on his tape. That's why they move him around closer to the inside of the defense sometimes. And yet, once he found his success in the NFL, he's been pretty much of, no, I play this one side of the field, and this is my area, and I'm going to play off you, and that's just what I do. I think the problem is he's still very effective, but if you're going to play that way, you got to get your hands on the ball, you got to get interceptions, and that was another area in 2020 that was lacking. One interception, first game of the year. See, he like he seems a guy like a guy that, if I'm Sean Desai, would see if I could move him around and make him more. See, Jalen Johnson strikes me as a guy that would be the Jalen the Ramsey like role, follow guys around. Well, let's also be very clear: neither player is Jalen Ramsey. It's true. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But I think Jalen Johnson still has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah. I liked his rookie year. It was solid. There was definitely some dips. And I don't expected. know that he ascended throughout the whole year, which would hurt. have been ideal, yeah. Um, but hey, there's still promise there. There's promise there with Bilal Nichols. There's still a draft to acquire some young talent, too. And um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, Sean decide. Let's hear what he had to say. So I asked him about the Vic Fangio defense and why it's become so popular because you're seeing obviously Sean McVay get in on it last year and then Brandon Staley gets a head coaching job with the Chargers. So now both LA teams are going to be running that defense. The Packers just hired Joe Barry from LA. Barry's been all over the place, but LaFleur clearly wanted to get a piece of that Fangio defense. So he hires from Brandon Staley's staff and you're seeing it spread. So I asked about the popularity of that defense and then also the idea of staying one step ahead because, hey, offenses are going to adjust. Here's what Sean Desai said. The why of why I think the defense is popular is I think it's, we've got answers. Uh, I, I think we've got answers. I think you've got tools. I think it, it emphasizes player productivity and really emphasizes a team defense. You know, we're not looking for one guy to win all the time. Uh, we're going to have opportunities for a lot of guys to win in different situations. And I think that's that's a valuable thing. And I think we can put pressure on a quarterback and opposing offenses in different ways. And we're going to do that. Uh, and that pressure doesn't mean five, eight, six, seven-man rushes. You know, it means mental pressure. It means physical pressure. Uh, and I think the defense allows us to do that. So I think, I think that's a reason of why it's 
like you said, hot. Uh, and, and let's not forget now, right? Like the defense has withstood the test of time, right? So it might be hot now and that, that could just be uh, guys like you guys are catching on to it. But the, the defense was good at San Francisco when he was doing it then. You know, and it was good in New Orleans Saints when he was the outside linebacker coach back then. So that part of it, I think, is it's proven through the test of time and it's adjusted and it's been adaptable through uh, all different kinds of offenses. Uh, and then in terms of growing and adapting, I think that's constant. I think that's something I pride myself on, uh, understanding where the league is going from an offensive and defensive perspective. And and uh, the other benefit for me is I got a direct line of communication to Vic to see what he's calling a certain place. Not that he might give it to me, but uh, at least I can ask. Last one, Dan Weeder. Sean, you lived the joyride of, of 2018 when this was the best defense in the NFL. I'm curious as it relates to your time alongside Vic, what you took away from his ability to impact the game with preparation during the week and what you took away from his ability to call and adjust to a game during its unfolding. Well, what you said right there, I think, uh, and I hate to answer it this way, but I think you answered it that own question in terms of the preparation that I was able to witness him do week in and week out. And, and the truth be told, I had a front row seat at him calling a game. You know, we were both in the booth and he sat next to me or I sat next to him. I should say uh, he, 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 he got to choose where he wanted to sit. I was just put next to him, um, but I sat next to him. Uh, and so you were able to, uh, I was able to reflect uh, every game within a game and after a game of why certain things happen, certain situations, why you call that. Now, does that mean I'm going to do it the same way? No. Would he want me to do it the same way? No. Right. I mean, this is going to be Sean's that decides defense and the 2018 defense was the best defense in 2018. Right. And our goal is going to be the best defense in 2021. And I think that's what our players are going to embrace and understand. And, and that's what we want to do. You know, we don't want to look in the rear view mirror. Uh, in terms of what could have and, ha and should have been. We want to look forward and, and really embrace that uh, as a challenge to be the best defense uh, in the league next year. And, that, and I think we're going to have the tools and the players and the teaching and the coaching to do that. Well, Adam, you heard him right there. This is going to be Sean Desai's defense. I like that. I like that. Um I, there, there are different wrinkles than Brandon Staley had, but, but like I, I, again, that goes back to personnel. Personnel is different here than it is in Denver. Just like Sean Desai said in his last answer, there, like Vic Fangio would recommend being different than what he's doing, but the yeah. same. If that makes sense, different but the same. Well, I think what happens is, and this goes for offensive and defensive coaches, and I think, honestly, Matt Nagy's going through this a little bit, too. You can have a scheme and a philosophy you believe in, but if you don't adapt to your talent, if you don't ad adapt that scheme to the talent that you actually have, you're going to have problems. And I think we've seen Matt Nagy have to go through that evolution because... Things worked his first year, for the most part, running what he believed. And then, for whatever reason, probably due to defenses adjusting, it didn't work as much. Most likely due to the fact that he did not have the same talent that Andy Reid had in Kansas City. Across the board. Where at a certain point, the talent's just so good, the defense can't have all the answers. Well... 
then you got to adapt to what you have. And I think you saw that as the season went along. Now, there's clearly they got to improve on that side of the ball. They got to continue to improve the talent. They need better quarterback play. And Nagy can continue to do a better job, whether it's the play calling or the planning or the scheme or the whatever. Right. But that's the point. And the same thing applies to defense. So I think when you have, and this is another reason why I'm so fascinated to see Lovey Smith as the defensive coordinator in Houston. Like, how much has he adapted? Because he's not going to have Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman, and all those guys with him in Houston, right? And how much has he adapted that scheme to whatever personnel he's going to have down there with the Texans? That's the key. And I think that that's where this, I don't, I don't know what it is, Johns, but this Sean Desai thing, like, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I, I think, I think he's going to know what to do in the same way that Brandon Staley knew what to do in L.A. I like what he said about building his coaching staff, too. For starters, I, I, I genuinely like the idea of giving a young guy a chance. We saw it play out well with Brandon Staley, but in general, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you just see too many retreads, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's former head coaches, like Dan Quinn got a job. Gus Bradley's... He's what on his third DC job since getting canned by the Jaguars. Like enough with the retreads. Give these young guys an opportunity. It doesn't happen enough, so that's why I like the, the Sean Desai hire or promotion by the Bears. But then they filled out his staff with well former players, guy like Mike Adams who's been around, who's been in the league, who was in the league for 16 years. He's got Mike Pettin at his disposal. Whether that's advice, play calling advice, or, or um, special projects, he's even going to help Matt Nagy. But Mike Pettin's been around for a long time, uh, former defensive coordinator of the Packers, former head coach. I have coach a feeling of the uh, Mike Pettin might uh, might have some ideas on how to stop Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, yeah. At least know some weaknesses in terms of other role players too. You know, other skill players. But just the way he built out his staff, it, it, it stinks to lose Jay Rogers. It stinks to, to lose Mark DeLeon. Like, these, these are good coaches. But the NFL, I mean, these coaches change teams like it's, it's like it's almost nothing. It happens every year. Good teams lose coaches more than others, you know? It, it, it just happens. This roster or this coaching turnover is just commonplace in the NFL. But in terms of what Sean Desai went out, Tried to get in terms of having an experienced assistant to lean on, a Mike Pettin, and former players handing certain positions. I like what he did. Well, I, I think the skeptic is probably going to say that how attractive were these jobs? Did they really have a choice? Right? Whether it's, you know, promoting. Bill Shuey, who's now the outside linebackers coach, whether it's hiring a guy, Mike Adams, who's never coached before. I think it's part of the equation, right? That There might not have been a huge line of people lining up for these jobs like maybe they were two years ago. But that said, I still like the direction that the Bears went. Like, it's I go back to the, the Adams hire. Like, we could... The, it was like unanimous across the board, whether it was former players, teammates, reporters who covered him in Indy. Everybody was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a great coach. So go get that guy. I like that move. But let's talk about the Mike Pettin thing real quick as we wrap up. Hold on one thought. Like, 
I don't think people realize how much change on coaching staff occurs across the league, though. Oh, it's crazy. Like, it is crazy. Every year. Yes, yes. And and, and I, I get that the Bears look like this down and out of a team with a lame duck coach and lame duck GM. But these coaches, they get fired left and right, even if they have two or three years left in their contract. Like, it happened here. Well, I think the counterpoint, too, is like, Okay, so two years ago, you had like a, the most attractive situation you possibly could have had. And you got Chuck Pagano and you brought in his buddy, Ted Monachino, and like, how'd that go? Yeah. The pass rush was awful. I shouldn't say awful, but it wasn't what it should be with the amount of money you're paying. By the way, you think they regret, well, that was kind of a dumb question, but regret the Robert Quinn money? You think they'd be going out and getting J.J. Watt if that if they had that money well, available? Well, you... You know my thought on the salary cap. That thing is so fluid, but yeah. I think there's a lot of regret, regret over the, the Robert Quinn move. But again, I, that's to me, that's linked to Ted Monachino and Chuck Pagano in terms of what they wanted to do with their defense. It's like the same money as Leonard Floyd, but who's a free agent, by the way. So I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know uh, as I was on my vacation last week, right? My T-shirt vacation. <laughs> Apparently, there was like all this. Con- I don't know. Is it controversy? Time. Yeah. Controversy with hiring Mike Pettin. I didn't. I didn't know that people were thinking it undermined Sean Desai in some way. I. I it was kind of. I, I guess I, what I'm saying is I missed all that because I wasn't completely dialed into what people were talking about. Um, to me, it just made, it seemed like a no-brainer hire if you can get a guy who was just coaching your biggest rival, obviously going to be able to help you on both sides of the ball with the thoughts he has on the Packers and the NFC North. Why not bring in a guy like that? The Bears have had senior assistants on both sides of the ball, this, and yet apparently it was like a problem? I don't know. This goes to the point again where people don't realize how these staffs are built around the league. Like Even personnel staffs where there's former GMs, former presidents of teams that are, are in advisory roles. It's like across the league. Like, I don't want to say across the league, but it's actually quite common. It's like the, I like how Sean Desai actually referenced the Brad Childress relationship with Matt Nagy when he was here for, what, a year and a half? Right? Like well, at one point, is- Brad left like at the end of training camp. And then, like, wasn't he because he went to go coach in the XFL or the AAF or whatever that was? <laughs> yes. And then, like, then he was back. And then, didn't he leave in the middle of the season or something? These staffs are just built differently now. Jay Rogers is the the run game coordinator, is he not? In LA, like Deuce Staley is the yeah. assistant head coach to a brand new head coach. They never worked together, as far as I know. Like, it, they're just. Built different, like Sean Payton's had an assistant head coach for for a bit. You have passing game coordinator, like Dave. We're going from passing game coordinator to offensive coordinator. There's just these staffs are just built differently. That scouting staff, that's coaching staff. There's all sorts of advisor roles. Um, you see, like Mark Helfrich did advising before he, you know, joined the Bears in in an OC capacity. Like these guys. This coaching circuit, it, it is tough to, to follow, but they're just built differently. I never bought into 
the I don't know the the extra intrigue of adding a Mike Patton to work with Strong Desai. Well, here's here's the problem. If if you're thinking, not you, but if you if people are out there thinking that they felt like they had to go get Mike Pettin because they don't trust Sean Desai or whatever because he's never called plays or blah, blah, blah. They wouldn't have hired him in the first place. Okay, look at the timeline here. The Sean Desai hire was made before championship weekend. Mike Pettin was preparing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tom Brady, he had a game to coach that weekend. He wasn't available. No one knew he was going to be available. They, now they cho- might- Yeah, go ahead. Well, I guess his contract ended up being up, so it's possible that behind the scenes, teams may have known he might become available. But you guys all saw the NFC Championship game. Like, that, <laughs> that changed everything. Yeah, I also think it says something that Mike Patton took an advisory role instead of waiting out another DC position. Or right. like a James Betcher, former DC of the Cardinals, former DC of the Giants, who was interviewed for the Bears' DC job without a football for a year, did some devising for the Bears actually, and you know, like again, well, that's what, that like, John. Like, that's what I was gonna say. He's is, got play calling experience. He's passed over. Yeah, go ahead. If they thought that Sean Desai needed somebody like this, they would have already hired James Betcher in a yes. senior advisory role. Or Wade Phillips is out there and wants to get back in. Right? Like, there's other people. If they had sat down and they said, all right, well, we want to make this promotion with Sean Desai, but we don't completely trust the idea that he's ready, so we need to have somebody there. Well, my point is they would have eyed that person and had that probably all set in stone when they made that move. And the reality is they made that move before Mike Pettin was even available. So this was clearly, if you're paying attention, something that came up, they hired, they made the promotion. Sean Desai, you're our new DC. That weekend, one of the worst offensive calls I've ever seen, right before halftime <laughs> happens, Tom Brady hits... Uh, Scotty, whatever his name is, forget. What's From Barrington. Name? Scotty Miller, come on. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of things going on in my head right now. Scotty Miller and, uh, you know, Mike Patton's a free agent a couple days later. And Matt Nagy sitting there going, well, wait a minute. Here's our uh, biggest rival letting go a, a good coach who has some ties to this defense and uh, is going to be a great invaluable resource. And, oh, by the way, most of the jobs around the league are already filled. So he has limited options. Why don't you come help us for a year? It's not something that was pre-planned when they hired Sean Asai. I just want to make that very clear. And I don't think it should be... Really, what reason is there to criticize it at all? How does hiring Mike Pettin do anything but help you when you consider his knowledge of the Green Bay Packers and the NFC North? As of right now, the Bears are still built to win defensively, so... It's a good move. It's a good move. I, I I don't see a controversy in this. Maybe one develops. Who knows? But right now, on the 16th of February, I don't see one. And by the way, his defense wasn't that bad this year. Weren't they the number nine defense? Yeah, they were good. League? Yeah, I almost wonder if, if Green Bay's will, Green Bay's, Green Bay will regret that a bit. 
Well, and it almost seems like they settled. You know what it kind of reminds The hiring they made, they wanted Jimmy Leonard. Yeah, from Wisconsin. And I've been trying to tell you guys for years, man, Jimmy, he's he likes Madison. Speaking of he, job security, didn't he turn them down? Like, yeah, he did. No, that's the the he wanted, he, or uh, the Packers wanted Jim Leonard, who's Wisconsin's yeah, yeah. defense coordinator. I'm just taking a shot at the those who will point to job security as oh, I see what you're the saying, end yeah. all be all deciding factors for coaches. You don't think he would have had job security in Green Bay? Maybe a bit more money. Well, he would have. Yeah. I don't know if he. I know he's making. He probably would have more money. But he's making good money in Wisconsin, and he's got the ultimate job security in Wisconsin, at Wisconsin right yeah. now. Yeah. So. so, no thank you, Matt LaFleur. Hey, remember we talked about Kyle Fuller being not 30? Today's his birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller. Guess his Kurt age. Kurt Fuller. Old. He's only tw- – he turns 28, right? Yeah. Yes. He's been in the league a long time. That ball is intercepted. Kyle Fuller. <laughs> and people, people still can't get his name right. Been in the league forever. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. And Kendall Fuller delivering for the Bears defense. Two Pro Bowls. Kendall Fuller is on a different team. It's his brother. Yes. All right. Good stuff. Bears are back. Super Bowl. Super Bears. But all honestly, I think you could be partially or semi-optimistic, cautiously optimistic about the Sean Desai move. That's where I stand. Yeah, I think people wanted a change there. We spent all of November December talking about how they In fact... I don't know how many times we told you. Didn't we? How many times did we tell you on this podcast that probably not going to be a GM change, probably not going to be a head coaching change, but the defensive coordinator is the one job that I, that we could see changing. Now things got a little murky in there, and I don't know. You fired everybody a couple times, but I did. You know, for the most then part, I brought them back. Yeah, that's what I mean. They you started rehired them. Yeah, I think the final conclusion that we both made. Now, I didn't know Pagano was going to retire. And honestly, I question whether or not they would have let Pagano go if he didn't retire. Do you? You think it would have happened anyway? I think it would have happened. It kind of seemed like he saw the writing on the wall, maybe. I don't know. But I do think it was a smart move. We'll see where it goes. All right. Well, hey... um, Please reward all the hard work Adam Johns did on these T-shirts <laughs> and uh, check them out. Obviousshirts.com. Got a whole collection. Five of them. Let us, let us know. Uh, yeah, we have five of them. You can get, people love the logo. Um, one of the shirts you can get, it literally says, we finally made a shirt. Beer drinking football guys. That's an, that's an old reference for the long time yes. listeners. That's well, I'm gonna rock that one for yes. sure. In the and, gray, uh, in the gray with the blue font. Yeah, that's a solid. That's a solid one for sure. Um, I think we gotta um, come out hard and stay hard. And there's that one too. 
So those are all up for you, obviousshirts.com. We thank them for partnering with us. We're really excited about it. And uh, make sure you read us, too, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you should be subscribed, uh, where they continue to torture you over the history of Bears quarterbacking. And uh, you can check all that out, too. Dan Pompey, I got to read that story. He had a big story on Bobby Douglas, right? The QB series continues. Yeah, I got it. That is actually, that's something I'm looking forward to reading. So check that out on The Athletic. And then uh, my coverage is up on NBCSportsChicago.com. As uh, we roll on into this, what's the, I can't, you know what? I, shouldn't we be like going to the combine next week or something? What the hell? Is, I don't know what's happening this The combine season. should be coming up. But, but, but I don't think not. I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm so I got I got a, I'm not gonna lie. I am so confused by the combine. Like I see people tweeting like, "Oh, I got an invite to the combine." There is no combine. What are no, you talking about? No, I, I don't know. But I think they're like they're happening at the pro. I don't know what this means. The, you got invited to your pro day. You were going to anyway. The interesting thing is free agency is quickly approaching. And so much of that legwork is done in the bars and hallways and everywhere in Indianapolis. Yeah, and at least they got that in last year before free agency. Still amazed that wasn't a super spreader event in Indianapolis. But also, like, I... I don't know. This is a whole different kind. But you're having these teams now travel to all these different pro days... All over the place. Isn't that worse than having one centralized location where you can maybe create a bubble? I have. Hey, they got through the football season. There was a Super Bowl played. Tom Brady won, in case you didn't know. Oh, I've seen that story before. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe Tom Brady will be on the Bears. Uh, probably not. Hey, Vic. Let's see how long Vic can survive in Denver. They need a quarterback. They're, they're sleepers for Carson Wentz, I hear. Heard I don't know what... Yeah. I think, I think we've talked about that, maybe. I'm losing track of everything. Uh, stay safe out there. Weather's crazy. Pretty much wherever you live, it's crazy. So, uh, And then there's a pandemic and that whole thing. So please be safe. Uh, we appreciate you continuing to listen. And follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us. Check out the t-shirts. We appreciate you. Talk to you later. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.